This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along. And I'm going to just jump right in. This is going to be somewhat of an intense topic. Um, the main core of it is not going to be sex or porn like it often is here, but this is a, an intense topic, and it's very needed, especially in the dark times we're living in. <clears throat> so I'm going to be talking about the falling away. Um, there are a lot of believers right now. There's almost a steady flow of adults and youth that are walking away from the church. And to me, this is just terrifying because if you walk away from God after knowing him, what hope do you have for eternity? Um, There's no gray area here. It's either heaven or hell. And there is so much at risk This is such a critical issue because people's salvation, their eternal destiny is at stake. So I'm going to begin by reading some quotes from some news articles. These are people who publicly came out and declared that they had walked away from God. So the first one, (coughs) Hillsong songwriter Marty Sampson, and he writes, Time for some real talk. I'm genuinely losing my faith. Christians can be the most judgmental people on the planet. They can also be some of the most beautiful and loving people, but it's not for me. I am not in anymore. So that was a guy who formerly wrote songs for Hillsong. Next one, Joshua Harris. He was the author of I Kiss Dating Goodbye, a big seller I think 20 years ago, and he's also a former pastor of a mega church in Maryland, and he said... And he said this publicly, I have undergone a massive shift in regard to my faith in Jesus. The popular phrase for this is called deconstruction nowadays. The biblical phrase, he's writing this, is falling away. By all the measurements I have for divining a Christian, I am not a Christian anymore. It's It's just heartbreaking. And then day gas. Former pastor at Grace Family Fellowship, pastor at Covenant Church and Cedar Community Church, went on social media and he announced after 40 years of being a devout follower of Christ, 20 of those as an evangelical pastor, I'm walking away from the faith. Even though this has been a massive bomb drop in my life, it has been decades in the making. I'm going to come back to that statement later. So lock in it. It has been decades in the making. So another pastor just 
takes off, just says, I'm done with you, God. And, and then another one, Paul Maxwell. He was a writer for Desiring God. That's John Piper's ministry. John Piper's, many of you know, I mean, he's like the A-team when it comes to theology and doctrine and Bible teaching. And Maxwell did writing and for that ministry, and he, he went on his Instagram feed, and he will, what I really miss is connection with people. What I've discovered is that I'm ready to connect again, and I'm kind of ready not to be angry anymore. I love you guys, and I love all the friendships and support I've built here. And I think it's important to say, I'm just not a Christian anymore. What happened? And I, I know from personal experience, you can study the Bible all day long, but if you don't have a real passionate love relationship with God, all the doctrine in the world ain't going to do you any good. And um, even John Piper himself made a statement to that effect some years ago. He said that people who have P- PhDs in theology are more likely to commit adultery than those that don't. And, he, and Piper's exact words were because they don't know God. They don't have a real vibrant relationship with him. So you can go too far into head knowledge and, and still have an empty, cold heart. And that goes in for if that goes in for too long, eventually you will come up right into a wall of some sort of crisis of faith where you either find God and realize this isn't working or you just give up. And unfortunately, this guy gave up. <clears throat> I'm going to read a quote from Francis Chan where he says, I am seeing so many people, friends of mine who are in ministry, who are just saying they don't believe or they're walking away. Well, I don't know if I believe anymore, and I just think that's crazy. We're seeing people that we look up to, leaders fall. We're seeing the world look at evangelical Christianity as an absolute joke right now. It's every day you can just jump on Instagram and someone is saying, I'm not a Christian anymore. This is a new season. And all of this, people walking away and fighting and angry about everything and so opinionated, is because they spent too much time in our presence and in our evangelical talk, talk, talk. That's his way of saying all we do is talk and not enough time before a holy God, sacred sacred and reverent, with silence and awe, and just recognizing their oneness with him. That's another way of saying a lot of believers just don't have a vibrant love relationship with the Lord. And then when the the tragedy or the crisis or the pandemic or the hard times hit, they just crumble. And he said the American church is a joke. But we don't hear this coming out of many of our pulpits. And I've spent more than the last two years looking for a church with my family. And you just don't hear talk like this. Everything's got to be kept comfortable and we don't want to upset anyone and you don't hear words like sin or hell or sex or porn or spiritual warfare, anything about the demonic realm or the occult, which a lot of people are messing with, even in the church. You don't hear these things. And right now... The wall of evil is so thick, or I should say the cloud of evil is so thick that if you're not well-equipped, this comfort-driven church thing is not working. 
And I'm going to read a couple of statistics to give a few clues to what's going on. Researchers at the American Bible Society, they have their State of the Bible report, and they found that in 2022, only 39% say they read the Bible numerous times a year. That's not every day. That's just That could be four or five times a year. They also said that's the steepest decline on their record. And then they come out and they say before the pandemic, 14% of Americans read the Bible today, and now only 10% do so. I couldn't believe this when I read it. How could you be a Christian and not be in God's Word today, especially today when there's so much evil and there's so many lies being propagated? The only way you can know the lies is if you understand that you're grounded in the truth, and this is so dangerous then another survey came out by an organization called Vanco, and they tracked church giving, and they said, came out and said, 5% of churchgoers tithe. And then tithing means giving 10% of your income. And But if you don't tithe but give, separate category, meaning you give any amount, they said the average weekly giving amount per churchgoer is now $17. So all of this is showing that we have, I mean, yeah, this is a money problem, but at the core, both of these issues show that we got a since we got a big time heart problem. Because if you haven't been touched by the love of God and you want to give back, something is seriously wrong. <clears throat> and then this is just came out from the Daily Citizen last week. I saw two and a half years since the beginning of the COVID nineteen global pandemic. The rebound of American church attendance remains stalled, and various surveys find that upwards of 25 to 33 percent of Christians who previously attended services prior to the virus shutdowns have not returned to their pre-pandemic routines going to church. So uh, these are just several pieces and clues showing that status quo Christianity is not working. It's failing big time. The performance and the comfort-driven churches that we go in that are, are we're not equipping people to be warriors and fighters in this in this horrible dark time, and it should tear us apart to think of anyone falling away. When then you see that the numbers that seventy-five percent of youth are hitting the exits, that just tears me up. But we don't hear this talked about Sunday morning. Why not? <clears throat> we um, have been visiting. One church recently, and and this goes into a part of the reason why. Um, in a recent Sunday morning, the music was so loud that we could feel it, the vibrations in our body. And I remember from the book of Acts when the early church prayed, the wall shook. But today, since we don't pray at our church services, we have to jam on the volume to shake the walls and. So that's a man-made thing, and you can almost say it's a Christian rock concert at times. And my girls heard soda, soda can pop tops popping last Sunday, and I've seen people checking their phones at church. And, you know, they do that thing where you greet one another, look each other in the eye. And I had one woman, she didn't even look me in the face when she shook my hand. And last week, my daughter said the last message was something like out of a seventh-grade chapel. It was so 
vanilla. There, there was just nothing to it. And this should just tear us apart. And so I want to read a couple of verses and forget about anything you've heard anyone say. Just let God's word speak for itself. And this is from Hebrews chapter 2. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Do you remember what that pastor said? He said his falling away had been in the process for years. Drift. That's a slow, long process. Something is going wrong. We're not really making God our first priority. Hebrews 3.12. Take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. 1 Timothy 4.1. The Spirit explicitly says that in later times some will fall away from the faith paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. There are lies all over this place. And please don't give me this thing that, well, that doesn't mean they were never Christian. That is not what the Bible says. That is why I said at the beginning, you've got to let God's work speak for itself and not try and jam it into some kind of theology box. You can't fall away from something you do not have. You can't drift away from something you do not have. That, that logic breaks down immediately. Falling away in Hebrews 3, falling away from the living God. That's terrifying. And, <clears throat> and then in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of Lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. They're saying that Jesus Christ is going to come after all of these dark times. And then Matthew 24, 7, 10. Many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And jumping down into verse 13. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And Hebrews 3.12, 3.13, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today. We've got to challenge each other. We've got to bring this to the light. We've got to say, hey, this is a dangerous time. You cannot be playing church. We can't play church on Sunday morning. We have to open this stuff and warn people that reading your Bible once a year ain't going to get it done. Going to church on Sunday and then walking away and having nothing to do with God ain't going to get it done. Not talking about sex, porn, or spiritual warfare isn't going to get it done. So I want to give you some solutions to offer and what we can do. So first off, each and every one of us who profess to know Jesus Christ, we have to have deep roots in our relationship with him. He has to be our ultimate priority far above everything else. We're way too busy and and that's causing us to live choked lives and drift. So what I encourage people to do is to have one hour a day alone with God. That is so critical right now. You gotta make him first and you gotta have a lot of time with him. You got to be in God's word every single day and you got to have a deep prayer life. And you must realize your church isn't going to give you everything you need. 
Some of them aren't going to give you much of anything. I hate to say that, but like I said, my daughter said last last week they got like a seventh grade lesson at, or a sermon at church. You got it on your own. Decide I'm going to go hard after God the rest of my life. Next, this is the wrong time to be in bondage to any kind of sin, especially anything sexual that has deep roots in the soul like pornography or if you're committing adultery or if you're having an affair or any kind of lust-filled sin, take the action steps now to deal with it and, and get broken to break free from it. Bitterness is a big one. If there's somebody God's been poking you and saying you need to forgive this person, you're saying, nope, I won't. I'm going to make him pay. Big mistake. Because bitterness can turn your heart into a rock. Let your heart go hard and cold enough and then anything can happen. You could wake up one day. It's like, I don't care anymore. We got to talk about sin and we got to talk about the warnings of hell in church. We have to start warning people. Read through, if you read through Paul's letters, he had warnings all over the place. Jesus had warnings when he talked to the, to the seven churches. Why are we not warning people about these things and bringing them up? It just shocks me when you see the news and people publicly saying, I'm falling away. And it's like, we're doing this ostrich thing, pretending everything is just hunky-dory when it's not. <clears throat> Next, we have to equip people in spiritual warfare. One of the things that still blows me away is when believers who come to us for help have little to no knowledge about anything to do with spiritual warfare. Some even question whether there is such a thing. Meanwhile, their lives are being destroyed. The enemy is peppering them with lies all over the place, and they're in bondage to shame or guilt or lies and various types of sin or bitterness, and they don't understand that they're in the spiritual battle for their life. We have to start equipping people in this area. It is so critical right now, especially when darkness has been given carte blanche, basically, to just run rampant. <clears throat> I mean, I, don't, I can't remember the last time I was at a church and had a sermon that would really equip somebody on spiritual warfare, on the you know you, the authority you'd be given in Christ, and how to fight the battles. and And this mess, this program today is not about warfare, but we have to start helping people to say they're see they're in a very real battle. And I will tell you that December is usually the month where we see that the warfare just shoots up to the roof even higher, especially against marriages. We got to be equipping people in this area. Next, every one of you, I don't care who you are, if you're a believer in Christ, you've got to be plugged into a tribe. You've got to have the support of other believers. You need to be praying with other believers once a week, every week, every week. You need to be talking to another man or woman, same sex here, not, I'm not, we don't want. Opposite sex that's not our marriage partner. And being honest with your struggles with sins. And yeah, we all got sins we struggle with on, you know, on a somewhat ongoing basis. And some of us are in deeper bondage. You're not going to overcome those things in isolation. Confess your sins to one another and 
pray for one another that you may be healed. Confess your sins, plural. That's ongoing. That, and that's a command. That's not optional. There's no if in front of that. He who isolates himself quarrels against all wisdom. That's found in the book of Proverbs. So if you're an isolated believer, the Bible's basically saying you're nuts. But what we see is that 85 to 90% of American Christians are isolated. They do not meet with another believer once a week. This is such a critical part because when you're going through a rough time, you've got to have the support of others to hold you up, to strengthen you, and to pray for you. And I go through a lot of, or at least enough, spiritual warfare doing what we do, but no way am I going to be doing this isolated. I'd be get picked off real easily because the enemy comes at me from different angles. And so prayer is so critical and and you need the support of other believers. And people, the best thing we could do would be to shut down the worship band and make our churches houses of prayer, get everyone on our knees, bring prayer back to the church. If you've listened to this show, you know I've said this before, and I'm going to keep saying it. We've got to bring prayer back to the church. We need prayer meetings going seven days a week at every single church. It don't matter where two people show up or 200. Prayer is a source of our power. The Word of God is alive and powerful, yes, and we need God's Word, and we need all of it, and we also need prayer. When Jesus is one of the most powerful spiritual battles of all time in the Garden of Gethsemane, the one tool he gave the disciples was to pray, to hit their knees and pray. We've got to be calm, churches of prayer, and strength and endurance are critical for these days. Now I'm going to finish by reading you a prayer for strength from Colossians 1. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you and asking me be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy in the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. So ask him for strength every day, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And... There is one more point here that we need to consider, and that is rest. We need, there are times when we just need to stop everything cold and rest. And I'm not just talking about taking a nap, I'm talking about rest of soul. There's so many people right now that need rest of soul and they don't know how to find that. About once every two to three months, I go alone to the desert for a two to four day stay with the Lord and That's where I tank up. And all of you, we need tank up times. One, two, three days alone with God. Jesus did it all the time. He didn't just do that so we could have a really nice Bible study and say, oh, isn't that really a neat thing Jesus did because he was God? No, he was showing us what to do. He was showing us how desperately we need alone time with him. We need rest of soul, and the way to get that is to have extended time alone with him. A lot of you just burn out and tired. 
And sometimes we just got to say, stop, enough, enough of this madness. I need rest. Rest and peace. Grace and peace to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want me to speak at your church, happy to. Happy to come and give a conference. I also want to ask you to consider supporting us financially. We're a 501c3 and we're getting more requests to travel and visit places or speak. And so we could use the help financially too. And but most importantly, we got to open these things up and we gotta gotta equip people to be overcomers. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Do you wanna be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.